James Schramko here from superfastbusiness.com and you're listening to my friend Ash Hoy on ProductiveInsights.com. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to www.productiveinsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Hello there. This is Ash Roy, the founder of ProductiveInsights.com, with a quick message for you. If you'd like to grow your business profitably and fast, head over to getmetodone.com where you can learn more about the Productive Insights membership program, which is designed to help you grow your business profitably and fast. We help you get clear on your target audience and create an irresistible offer around the specific problem that you solve for your audience. Once we've established an offer that's a good fit for your audience, we then help you to scale your business using marketing automation, which means you spend less time working and more time enjoying the fruits of your labor. If you'd like to learn more, head over to getmetodone.com right now and take that first step towards your business success and your time freedom. I hope you enjoy this episode and get a ton of value from it. I look forward to seeing you at getmetodone.com. Hello, everyone. Today, I'd like to welcome a very special guest, Taki Moore, who's the founder of CoachMarketingMachine.com. And Taki helps coaches and consultants build million-dollar businesses through frameworks that attract leads online. Taki then nurtures these leads to convert them into clients through the power of webinars. Taki gave us a very powerful presentation on frameworks at Superfast Business Live 10 back in April 2015. And in his talk, Taki talked about how to create frameworks to build very successful businesses, particularly focusing on his nine-box approach, which we'll touch on later in this podcast. So welcome, Taki. Great to have you on the show. Thanks, Ash. Great to be here. Heard good things about the show and really excited to be part of it. Thanks, man. Great to have you. <laughs> so, Taki, let's start talking about why frameworks are so important for business success and your approach to frameworks. Yeah, great. So the first thing is kind of what the hell is a framework, right? I think that's probably a good place to start. Yep. <laughs> a framework is like a, a system or a mental shortcut. It's just like a quick way to get stuff done. And so, for example, if there are tasks that you've got to do often, then you know, not having a framework makes it harder. So, for example, let's say uh, every week you want to write a blog post or shoot a video. Well, if you have to do it more than once, it's probably worth having a little system so it's easy to plan them, easy to prepare them, easy to get them done, and so you don't have to think all the time. I think thinking is, is the hard work, and if we can take as much of the thinking out so we can kind of just rock it, then life gets easy, yeah? Absolutely. Okay, so why frameworks? Let's think about what happens if you don't have them. No matter what your business is, like, let's kind of focus it in on, online for a second. No matter what your business is, you know, you've got to create content, you need to share that content with people. You need to you know, market. You need to sell. You need to deliver your stuff. All of that has, you know, they're kind of processes that you're going to need to do again and again and again. So if you don't have a framework, here's what happens. Creating is hard. You look at kind of blank screens or white sheets of paper and you don't know what to do. If you don't have the stuff, then you get like um, okay quality, but not, you know, certainly not your best work consistently. So all of that leads to, you know, creating content is hard. It's frustrating and you're not sure if you're on the mark or not. And you made another really important point earlier on. You said thinking is difficult, and I totally agree with you. It creates a stop-start thing. There's no fluidity to your work. You have to stop and start every time. It's like driving a car in massive amounts of traffic. It's exactly like that. But if you have a framework, you've got a freeway going on. You can just fly through. 
Yeah, it's like a freeway downhill with greased wheels and turbo boosters. It's just, it's just life gets easy. So I think that idea of fluidity is really important. Kind of the, one of the key drivers for me is how do we eliminate friction and replace it with flow? And so the reason frameworks are so important is for me, frameworks are the kind of the shortcut to flow. So instead of creating stuff being hard, it becomes easy. Instead of it being slow, it gets fast. And instead of having like patchy quality, you know, sometimes you're on and sometimes you're off, it allows you to consistently create kind of a world-class or, or you know, best you know, best Standardization. It helps yeah. you standardize your content. Yeah, but also it helps you standardize excellence. At a high level. Than, yeah, exactly right. So I think that's, that's the why, at least for me. How do we make things easy so we don't have to think anymore? Mm-hmm. Okay. Could you talk about the nine boxes approach to frameworks that you have? I really enjoyed what you shared with us at uh, the Superfast Business Forum. Yeah. So what I do for a living is I teach people how to grow their coaching business, right? And creating a framework that, you know, the way I first came across this was when I teach a concept, I needed a way for clients to work through it quickly. And so building worksheets, like physical pieces of paper with, you know, boxes to fill in was the easiest way to do it. So kind of what's really going on is framework, but how it first showed up for me was worksheet on piece of paper. And it's so visual. So I'm sure that helps as well. It totally does. And so it's really like if you think about creating a webinar or a video or a whatever it's kind of anytime you've got like a big project it's hard but at the moment i've just got like a little box to fill in it's kind of easy it's like oh yeah. that box and then the next box and so not every framework is nine nine boxes often they are just because kind of frankly three rows and three columns fits nicely on a piece of paper so it's not so much about the number of boxes uh, you know and it doesn't have to be nine but the whole idea of having uh, breaking something up into its component parts is good so let's just talk quickly about how to build a framework, right? So for example, what, what's something that you do? I mean, let's take this podcast. I don't know if you've got like a system for it. I'm sure there's kind of some. I do. Yeah, right. So let's just think about if we wanted to make a framework for a great podcast right now. Okay. The first framework that comes to mind is before, during, and after. So what are like three core things that you have to do before an episode? Yep, absolutely. So before an episode, I want to prep the guest. I want to tell them a bit about my audience. I want to tell them about what questions I'm going to ask. So I've got a standard email that I send out to them on my Evernote that I just copy and paste and I, of course, modify it a little bit for the topic and for the guest and add an intro to it. Great. So we're going to prep the guest by email. Number two, you're going to, I guess, I'm making this up, but schedule a time. Yep. And number three, at the start of the, you know, when we first started talking today, before we hit record, we had a little chat about, you know, kind of basically recap that stuff. It's like a precap. So then we've got the interview itself, you know, the actual podcast. And maybe there's, maybe, you know, if there was kind of three big things that you do on the interview, what are they? We talk through the questions, we try and bring out value to the audience, and we talk about that person, the guest's perspective on that topic and get their take on things. Perfect. So then there's kind of three chunks there. And then afterwards, what are you going to do? Were you going to edit, I don't know, make, I'm just making this up, you know, edit your side and my side together, put it on the blog and syndicate it through the world or whatever. So that's exactly. like a little framework for a podcast, right? Perfect. And so what do we do? When every time I create a, a new framework, it never starts with, actually, let's get this trusty whiteboard. Oh, I, cool. I just found this behind me, so let's going to have a go. I don't know how yeah. this is going to work out. But, so the steps are basically, what's the topic? In this case, it's podcast that we need a framework for. Mm-hmm. Secondly, like, we're just going to dump out the key pieces. And so we talked about before, during, and after. Mm-hmm. During the show, like, I know you sent me some questions before. Yeah. How do you come up with the questions? Maybe you've got like, you know, we need an, an intro. Yeah. What else would happen in a great podcast? What are some of the sorts of questions you, the questions that you like to ask most of your guests? Yeah, we'd, I'd like to ask them their view on what we're talking about and why it's important to them. Perfect. And then I talk about key obstacles that they face, which we'll touch on later on, yep. and action items that they can take from it. Perfect. This is your podcast framework, right? So we've got yep. going to intro. We want to dig deep into their topic and kind of get their unique perspective. We want to find out you know, why it matters, what are the obstacles in the way, and what are the action steps you can take. So let's say we're kind of, we mapped out this. So step one is just kind of what's my topic? And if I had to do this 100 times, 
you know, what would I like every episode to have in it? And so let's say those are the things. And then we just, you know, we kind of count them. One, two, three, five. We've got five key pieces here. Yep. And so next up, if we had to turn that into a worksheet, I don't know if this is still in the shot or not. Yes, it is. Oh, well, so I can see it. We're going to give it a name, you know, the podcast builder. We're going to trademark it because that makes it sound sexy. <laughs> okay. So then we've got a worksheet. And yep. so, for example, you know, uh, I run a podcast with James Tramco, Sales Marketing mm-hmm. Profit. Every episode is built on, in fact, let me see if I've got it here. I don't. Every episode is built on a really simple framework, right? Yep. And so let's say at the start, we're going to go, I'm going to turn this into nine, even though we've got five, just because it makes yeah. the drawing easy. So we're going to go, who's my guest? Why do I want them here? Yep. And then we're going to start with, you know, explain what their topic is. Yep. Why does it matter? Mm-hmm. So now I've got here, here, here. And then we're going to say, you know, I don't know, practical example. Mm-hmm. We're going to go obstacles, key lessons, yep. action plan, and any kind of you know, call to action. Go to. Yeah, exactly. And so now you've got this podcast builder worksheet, which, by the way, I think is pretty rad and we should totally use. <laughs> and so in my world, I'm, I run a great online business, but frankly, my world is mostly built around pens and paper. Right. And so I literally print out a stack of these. And every time I've got, a, let's say I'm interviewing you, Ash, I'd go, great. And I'm going to make some scribbles here about what I want to know. And that becomes my guide through the podcast. I've just built a little framework for a podcast, which, by the way, you can have people download at the end of your show you know that's just a useful piece of content all by itself does that kind of make sense absolutely and i must give credit where credit is due that framework that i have the action items obstacles i got that from james Tramco. <laughs> perfect exactly right so what are, what are the steps you know number one pick your topic you know what's this framework going to be about number two list the steps yep. number three put them in in order mm-hmm. and number four maybe it gets turned into some kind of piece of collateral that you collect your thoughts on and now we've got a little framework for a podcast yep now what what's the advantage of having something like that when we you know, whenever you podcast fun. yeah it is fun <laughs> what's the advantage of that well you don't have to think anymore that's you right just go, okay i'm going to interview taki right what's a topic i'd like to ask him about maybe about frameworks or, or webinars or whatever it is and now you can just fill in some stuff and just make sure your show is going to be killer without having to think now you just have to like fill in nine little boxes it'll take you 30 seconds per box and now you've got great content consistent quality without having to work hard you're on the freeway you're on the freeway, downhill, what do we say? Greased wheels with a, greased. Wheels greased with a turbo behind you. Exactly that's right. <laughs> exactly. Beautifully put. Okay, so that's a fantastic approach to frameworks. And I really like the way you break it up into boxes. It just makes things so much more easy to approach. I think one of the biggest problems with tackling really big and hairy tasks is that we just feel overwhelmed. And totally. putting things into boxes just gives you... It gives your brain an opportunity to just partition off it into little pieces. And I don't know what it is, but our brains just function a lot better and we are far more productive and effective doing it that way. Yeah, it's exactly right. I think it's David Allen, Getting Things Done guy, who yeah. talked about yeah, for every task, you need to know two things. You know, what does the result look like and what's the next step? What I yeah. like about this is it gives you the result. I'm going to build a great podcast. Yeah. And the next step is, what's the name of my guest? Yes. Ash Roy. Cool. Yeah. Okay, what's my outcome? Great podcast. What's next? Why do I want to interview Ash? Three bullet points and I'm done. So it just like gives you what's my result and what's the next step in nice little bite-sized pieces so you don't have to get overwhelmed ever again. Yep. And the other really good thing I like about what David Allen said, which applies here as well, is he said getting stuff out of your head onto a piece of paper onto a trusted system dramatically helps you to be productive because it it, on a subconscious level, having unfinished tasks swimming around your head really saps your energy. And this is a form of that because when you're putting it into this framework where you're putting into these squares, you're getting it out of your head onto paper so you have a trusted system in front of you so you can just focus on one piece at a time and you're not just sitting there dealing with all the stress about, oh my God, I've got these nine things to do. How am I going to do all of them? You've got them out on a trusted system. So now you can just focus on one thing at a time on the freeway. 
Yeah. So the lesson, you know, kind of the question you want to be asking is, what are the things in my business that I do regularly that I want to do that, you know, where quality really matters, where I want it to be easy, but I want to get a great outcome, you know, either, you know, what are the things which matter most? So I'd go like, what about your process for how you sell stuff? What about your process for how you build marketing content? What about your process for how you, you know, run Facebook ads? If we can systemize that, now you've got a checklist that you can follow, makes your life easy, but how easy is it to delegate a sheet of paper rather than say, I want you to run my podcast from now on. Really easy. And at a super fast business conference, I remember you saying, if you're doing it more than once, have a framework. <laughs> Completely. Yeah, totally does. Because now, you know, every time I do my, like we marketingprofit.com with, with Shrammy yesterday, and it was super easy because we've both got our nine boxes in front of us. Yep. He does one episode, I do the other, you know, I'd scribble it out beforehand, take a photo, send it to him, I get a copy of his, and now we're both on the same page and we know that every episode is going to be all killer, no filler, like we promised, because the framework is, you know, sets it up that way. Yep. And that, by the way, is an awesome show, listeners. If you haven't checked out Sales Marketing Profit, you have to do that. It's a really good show. Thank I you. highly recommend it. Okay. So let's talk a bit about challenges you've noticed when you see people getting started with creating frameworks. Now, one, obviously, it's not so much with frameworks, but when you see really big tasks, the framework itself is a great solution to the challenge. But let's talk a little bit about creating the frameworks itself. What are the biggest objections you've heard and what's the best way that you've found people have of overcoming them? Yeah. So, uh, by the way, good work, mate, for sticking to our framework. I'm, I love this. I know where we're up to and where we're going <laughs> next. It's awesome. So biggest challenge around frameworks. I think, I don't know about the biggest, but let me give you a couple and let's, you know, whichever one you think is most interesting, let's dig into that. One of them is feeling like your stuff is art, like it's kind of custom created every time. Oh, yeah. I think that's an objection. It's like, well, I can't systemize this because it's, you know, it's my mojo. I'm like, well, it totally is your mojo. But if you look at the last 10 times you've done the mojo, there's probably a little system in there that we could duplicate. So that's one. And can I just say to that, Taki, that a lot of artists, the most successful artists, actually do have frameworks and routines and structures. So you may not call it a framework. They may call it a routine. But it's so important to have some structure. Like Stephen King, for example, he sits down to write every morning at a certain time. And, you know, I I can't remember who said this, but they said, you know, I get inspired every day at 9am when they, you know, so even writers do it. And it's a great way to develop uh, creativity. There's this misnomer that creativity is about being bohemian and, you know, waiting for the breeze to blow in a certain direction, but it's not. It's about getting your head and your heart into a certain place for the creativity to strike. Totally right. And so one of the things that I did about six months ago was figure out, I, I was listening to Tim Ferriss and I noticed that every single guest he interviewed, he, one of the questions he asked was like, how do you spend the first hour of your day? And I thought, well, this is obviously a really important thing. And so I thought, well, what would make, what would be the, the best perfect morning for me? And so I just listed out, you know, every workday morning started with, you know, wake up at a certain time, shoot down to the, uh, grab a drink of water, shoot down to the beach, walk barefoot on the beach for a bit, maybe have a swim in winter right now, not so much, but in summer, totally. Uh, what else would I do? I'd see the sunrise and just kind of take in the amazingness of the day. What else would I do? Well, I'd probably write down the three most important things I'd like to get done today. What else? Well, I'd love to then drop the kids to school and really connect with them. And I'd love to have breakfast with my wife before the day starts. I'm like, well, that sounds amazing. And I listed out all these things just like we've done here. And then I go, so big picture, what are they about? Well, it's about moving and sweating and getting my body going. Number two, it's about connecting with people I love, great friends and my family. Number Mm -hmm. three, it's about getting my mind set on how I want the day to be. And so those kind of three things are the big bits. And then I just kind of put them into a framework. And guess what? Now I get to do my best hour, first hour of the day, every, you know, every workday because I took the time to kind of build myself a little ritual, like a morning mm. ritual for that. I know we're off topic about what are the biggest objections or obstacles? No, no, we're on it because we're still talking about the value of frameworks overcoming 
people who believe that creativity comes from doesn't necessarily come from frameworks. And I think what we're saying is a routine is a form of framework. I it think having means. some kind of a structure to how you start your day is an important framework. You know, I, I believe Einstein did this too, that he only had one set of clothes or suits or whatever that he wore every yeah. day to reduce the decision fatigue. Well, I've got the same deal. Like, mate, if you see me on stage, I'm wearing a, a black shirt. Yep. And if you see me any other time, I'm wearing it. Like I've got, this is embarrassing, mate. I own 12 of these black V-necks, 12. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like, what am I going to wear today? Well, dude, it's pretty straightforward. I'm going to wear that. And yep. so I'm just going to pick it up for, and you don't have to think anymore. That's one uh, less decision to make, right? And sorry. that means that you can move that much more fluidly through your day. Yeah, plus it has to be super comfortable and you know it looks decent. Where we go? I think maybe the least, the, the less thinking and decision making you have to do at the start of your day, the more likely you are to have a f- successful day, and the more likely you are to have a fluid first few hours, which is the most critical time to be productive, in my opinion. Yeah, totally right. And like you're never going to get make your whole day amazingly productive. Or if you know, if you, maybe if you listen to Ashmore, you probably will. But for me, like if I can get like, <laughs> like a one or two great hours a day, nothing else really matters. Like the rest is just stuff. But if I can totally. get like the, the big stuff done, like it. And so part of that is not thinking. Just before we got on, we were talking about this tool that I use with my clients called the 80-20 Productivity Toolkit. It's like a yes. list of hacks. Yes. And so I've just brought it up here and you mentioned – and so if you have a look, these are my like productivity secrets. So you know, treasure them and hunt them with your life. Thank you for sharing them with us, Tucky. Yeah, totally welcome. You know, download them afterwards. The top left, it says 12 months train tracks. Mm-hmm. If we take that idea that you just said about not having to think about the first morning, you know, the start of your morning, what if you could do that for your year? Wow. Yeah, so what I do at the start of every year, and I learned this from a great matter man called Dale Beaumont, who's one of the most disciplined, organized dudes I know. I'm not naturally that way at all. <laughs> every year in sort of October or November, we plan out the whole of next year. Mm-hmm. And so you know, what are the big rocks? Yep. You know, business-wise, like what are the most important things? And so that might be your sales events or your webinars. Life-wise, it's your holidays. You know, so what are the big rocks? And then it will put them into the calendar right now before anything else takes over. Just like, you know, big rocks first in your day. Mm-hmm. Same for the year. And then, so that's like your big rocks. Then what are the pebbles? You know, the stuff that makes that happen. And so they are the webinars. In, you know, business-wise for us, it's the stuff I do to deliver to clients. You know, the mm-hmm. event, live events I run to deliver, the webinars I run to deliver, all the coaching calls and all that stuff. And then what's the pebbles? Well, that's kind of everything else. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we do in usually late October, early November each year is we plan out the whole year, the calendar, and I'll give you a copy of my calendar if you like. It's pretty fun to see. Cool. What's cool about it is that I don't have to think anymore. Like the, this whole year, I don't have to think. Mm-hmm. I mentioned spending 12 months and you don't have to think. It's kind You've of already fun. done all your thinking I, back in October I, and November. Yeah, I did it one time. Exactly. Yeah. So I lay these train tracks. And so a lot of the time I think people get stuck productivity-wise when shiny object comes up over here. Like, yeah. oh, that looks cool. Or I go down this path and I get stuck. That's a bit frustrating. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Like on one of those multi-lane freeways like you see in America with like eight lanes and it kind of spirals off this way and that way. I don't have to stop anymore. I'm just like I put down some train tracks in November and I'm just going to follow them until next November where I reset my tracks. There is one thing I would like to ask you about though. Yeah. You do need to have a way of reassessing where you're at on a regular basis, right? So for example, James Schramko believes in doing just 12-week increments. Yep. Uh, So how do you factor that into your year's Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we lay the train tracks, like I lay the train tracks at the start of every year. And then every quarter, we do a quarterly check. And I do it myself. I do it with my team and we do it with clients. Mm -hmm. And inspired by this, I think the 12-week year is is a great book. The kind of framework I use or kind of have adapted to fit us came from Vern Harnish wrote a book called The Rockefeller Habits years ago. He's got a newer book called, I think it's called Scaling Up. And it's basically every quarter we we kind of do a quick review, a look back about, you know, what are the wins what worked really well? What can we be proud of? And then secondly, what are the lessons? You know, what's not working so well and what can we learn from that? And then we go, great. If we think about the next quarter, what's our theme? Mm-hmm. And so I think theming is really good. Like if you go, what's the next 90 days, next 12 weeks really about? Okay. And so it might be about… I like that, theming. Yeah. That's great. 
Yeah, so like it might be about client retention. It could be about growth. It could be you know transition to online marketing or what you know whatever your theme is. Get the team pumping. Whatever your theme is, cool. And then just go. What's the theme? Great. If that's the theme, what would a successful twelve weeks or quarter look like? So in other words, what's the outcome? Mm-hmm. Measurable. And then what are our three core projects to make that happen? And so we every quarter, you know, we tweak. But the train tracks in terms of big rock activities are set. Mm-hmm. And every quarter we launch a new theme with new goals. And three to five core projects. I've got to check. Yeah, that's great. I've got to check out that book by Vern Harnish actually, because Buck Rizvi in an earlier episode mentioned that book too. I think. Oh, cool. So yeah, that that sounds great. Okay, I'm just checking out this eighty twenty productivity toolkit that you've shared with me. This is fantastic. Yeah, I think it's like thirty five different productivity kind of tweaks, hacks, you know, frameworks that we use. Is there anything on there that kind of stands out that you you want to kind of chat about? Well, something I really like actually here is the free focus and buffer days. I really believe that – and the stop doing list, they're both sort of related. I think people have this misnomer about productivity being getting more stuff done in less time. And my belief is productivity is actually doing less in more time. And by that I mean it's about focusing on less stuff but the right stuff and spending more time on the right things rather than just trying to cram more into your day, which is this notion that we've somehow come to believe in. Yeah. you know, we're constantly faced with a paradox of choice. We have all these options. There's information hitting us from every angle. And actually, I believe productivity is about better task selection. It's about saying, what am I going to focus on? And what am I going to do really well? And what am I going to not do? The not to do list. Yeah, it's the best list in the whole world. It's completely liberating, right? <laughs> it's funny, I was talking with one of my clients the other day, and he was trying to outsource his email, you know, he's yeah. just feeling a bit overwhelmed kind of email wise. And he was like, I just, whatever, no matter what I do, I can't get down to inbox zero. I'm sure you've heard of, you know, inbox yep. zero. Yeah. And I was like, you know what's even better than inbox zero? He's like, what? I said, zero inbox. <laughs> right? How do we just like not even have to check that? I love thing? it. Yeah. So that's so if you look at the columns in this productivity toolkit, yeah. the first one is about design, you know, figuring out how you want your year, your quarter, your months, your weeks, your days to be. Mm-hmm. The second column, elimination, is exactly what we're talking about. It's about how do we stop? Yep. How do we cut? less inputs in and more output out. The third column is about environment. What can we do in our environment to increase productivity? Hacks is just like some simple productivity stuff. And start is about how do we get things launched quickly and then hand them off to somebody who might be, you know, I've got this idea that in my world, my job is to create and communicate. So I, I create an idea, something, a project I want to do, and then communicate as quickly as I can to get it into somebody else's hands so it can happen. If it's all relying on me, I, I just don't trust my ability to, to finish. Like I think we're, you know, people are either great starters or great finishers. If you're not a great finisher, then maybe that's not a weakness. Maybe it actually says that you're an incredibly great starter. So how do you start well and then hand it over quickly to somebody else? You know what I mean? So what we're talking about is yeah, we've talked about 12-month train tracks. We've talked about quarterly theme mm-hmm. and your idea of the stop doing list. Exactly. Yes. How do we – You know, I think if you just kind of got a blank sheet of paper, drew a line down the middle and on one side say – on the left, it's like this stuff gives me energy and this stuff drains my energy. Mm-hmm. Like even if – like there should be nothing in your week that drains your energy. If, if there is, it's friction. You're going to avoid it or you're going to be crap at it. What if yeah. every waking moment was spent doing stuff that you – you know, not only are you good at, but that just juices you, lights you up. So anything on that right-hand side that drains my energy is going to end up, you know, if you do your job right, play your cards right, is going to end up on a stop doing list and on on somebody else's, you know, to-do list. And you might do that by either delegating it or outsourcing it or something like that, which somebody else might enjoy doing those tasks. Uh, One of the things in the the elimination column, it says jettison the booster rockets, which kind of relates to that. It's, uh, you know, when a space shuttle takes off and it's got, you know, there's a shuttle, 
and it's got these two massive sort of booster rockets each side yep. that are you know full of oh, yes. I guess rocket fuel. It yep. gets to a certain altitude where it's kind of it, it takes most of the apparently you know I'm not a rocket scientist but yeah. that's what, so they say <laughs> it takes you know eighty percent of the fuel is taken just to kind of get them outside the atmosphere. That's it. And that's the booster rocket. So it gets to this point where it's kind of outside the Earth's orbit. It's done the fuel. And now those big booster rockets, which helped to get to where it is, are now just dead weight. And so it's time to kind of jettison them, kind of eject them. And they just kind of yeah. shoot them off the side and drop them to land. And you've got to know when to do that. And that's where your ability as a coach comes in. Yeah, exactly right. And so I think one of the questions to ask about the booster rockets is like, what have I done that has got me to where I am right now that's not helpful anymore? It's like, we're doing it because that's what we've always done, or mm-hmm. I'm doing it because that's what I've always done it, but maybe it's not as helpful as it could be. And is it time to kind of press the, you know, the ejector button and kick off those booster rockets so you can be way more slim and focused? Fantastic. Man, I'm really enjoying looking at this matrix. We've got to come back and do another session on this matrix. <laughs> totally happy to do it. Yeah, this fun. is enough for like five podcasts on its own. Okay, let's talk a little bit about action items. Some things I've taken away already from our conversation so far. I've written down a few ideas. So I'll run these by you and then you can tell me if you have any more ideas. But sure. So what are the actions a listener can take to get started with creating frameworks? One is just put something down on paper, a nine box framework or a 15 box framework, it doesn't matter, but get it on paper, break the big hairy task up into little chunks. The second thing you need to do is ask yourself the things that really energize you and make a list of things that energize you. Make a list of things that drain your energy and try and think about how you can focus on the things that energize you. Another thing you can do is make a plan for the day, the beginning of the day. Make a plan of the outcomes you want to achieve. Think about how you're going to achieve them. The top three things, don't put too many things on your plate so that you don't have to be continuously reassessing and making decisions about, oh, what am I doing now? What am I doing now? So you're on the freeway to success, downhill, with your wheels greased and turbocharged. <laughs> I think that's awesome. By the way, I think that would be a great illustration for this podcast. I don't know how anyone could possibly draw that, but it'd be, if you could get that, it would be awesome. Oh, we're out of control, but we're going really fast. Um, I think that's great. And I think one of the things to think about with this productivity piece is are you naturally your productive, organized? Most of, I reckon half the people who listen to, you know, kind of listen to, go to seminars about or read books about productivity don't need them. They're already like, you know, they just kind of read the books to feel good about the fact that they already kind of use the file, you know, the day planner perfectly and everything's yeah. like ABC, one, two, three. I'm totally not that guy. You, I don't know if you are or you're not. but I'm trying if, not to be, but right. <laughs> I used if, to be like, that guy. If that's you, fantastic. Like you've got this massive natural advantage. And so if that's you, bonus. Yeah. And the other half of the people who go to the seminars, myself included, like I've bought every time management thing that's probably ever been created, spent a fortune on this stuff, and I have massive trouble sticking to any of it. Yeah, like these, you know, these systems and these planners, and I've, you know, I've bought the Cubby one and the David Allen one and the Tony Robbins one, and like all of the stuff. So it comes down to finding a natural productivity groove that works for you. And so, the first thing I'd say is like, if you are the kind of person who has stickability, like you can stick with this stuff, you know, amazing and perfect. And if you're not, then let's let's not beat yourself up for not being consistent. Let's just say that's actually a strength because you're a sprinter. Great point. So if you're a sprinter, not a marathon runner, then let's not feel bad about the fact that you don't have like 12 days or 24 days straight of staying power. Let's just go, you know what? I'm a sprinter. Mm -hmm. And if you're a sprinter, then you want less on your plate and you want to be able to hit it really hard, get stuff done and then goof off for a little bit and then hit it really hard and then goof off for a little bit. Like in our world... I don't know how much you know about me, dude. I've got six kids, yep. amazing wife. <laughs> and we, we spend three or four months a year off traveling. And in those months, I'm not like marathoning through my work. I'm goofing off because I'm a yep. sprinter. So here's my number one productivity tip. I mean, it's, it's so dumb. I can't believe I'm even saying this publicly. It's so, 
Here's my productivity. I get a post-it note, dude, like a, a little one of those little yellow stickies yeah. and a Sharpie marker and I write down the three things I want to get done for the week. Yeah. That's about as complicated as I get. I have a long list of to-do things and I have this complicated Excel spreadsheet that I created for myself. But, <laughs> but the point is I just pick three things out of that yeah. and I write it down on, on one of these system cards and then I just focus on that. And if ever my attention goes away, it's a visual reminder. I put it in, right. on my computer here and I say, this is what I'm working on and until I finish this, I'm not going to do anything else. I love that. Something else I really want to bring out in what you said about being a sprinter and systems and so on i have been victim to systems for systems sake and yeah. frameworks for framework sake and that is so why we get into like productivity porn it's just so exactly so or framework porn and yeah. so something that i really want to point out to the to the listeners is frameworks are a means to an end and if the framework is actually becoming the end in itself you're doing it all wrong you're doing it all wrong so yeah understand yourself understand what works for you if you're able to harness frameworks to get your outcome great mm-hmm. but if you prefer to have lighter frameworks and you believe you're as you said you're a sprinter and you just get to outcomes better with light frameworks then build light frameworks don't yeah. get too stuck in the frameworks. Totally. Remember, it's all about getting to an outcome. It's about getting results. Yeah, exactly. Look, a framework is like the coffee cup. Like nobody goes to a coffee shop to get a cup. You want the coffee. Like the thing, it's just a Beautiful container to, get to, to chug the thing down. Here's my last little secret for post-it notes. I think the beauty about post-it notes or a three-by-five card, it, it comes down to this. The amount of overwhelm you feel yep. and the amount of productivity you get comes down to two things. It comes down to how small the piece of paper is <laughs> okay. and how fat the pen is. Cool. Yeah. So I use (laughs) post-it note, smallest piece of paper, Sharpie marker, the fattest pen I can find because I can only fit three things on when I do that. So I can't be overwhelmed and I get really focused because the paper's small and the pen is fat. If we've got like big paper, small handwriting, I can't handle that. So I'm like a small paper, fat pen sort of a guy. That's a very interesting hack. I, I must try that. I really like that. Okay, (laughs) two more questions and then we'll say goodbye. Just share with us some of the best books that you've read that have really influenced your way of thinking and your business. Wow, best books. You already shared one, which was Vern Harnish. Yeah, so Vern Harnish is good. I wonder if I've got my... I've got a new phone, mate, because I managed to, in 14 days, destroy my iPhone three times. Uh, Put it in a selfie stick, dropped it, smashed the screen, got it replaced. I was on Hamilton Island, dropped it into the pool while FaceTiming a friend of mine. did it twice in two days myself, so now yes, I've got yes. one of these cases. You should <laughs> so check them out, by the way. They're really what, good. They're waterproof. What is that? It's LifeProof Frey. Yeah, I've yeah. dropped the phone many times since then, but, but you know, I've got that Apple Care thing special yeah, yeah. warranty. So if I break this again, I'll lose the phone. So I, bought, I paid 100 bucks for this, and it's really good. <laughs> I love that. So I'll do marketing and productivity books. Marketing book. Um, one of the first books I ever read about marketing was like 15 years ago. Jay Abraham wrote a book called Getting Everything You Can Out of All You've Got. I thought that was yep. just a great little book. Yeah. Productivity books. Essentialism is a great book. Okay. It's about reducing. It's a little bit like The the One Thing by, I think it's Gary Keller. Great mm-hmm. book. So here's a really good book. A little bit left field, but fun. It's called Improv Wisdom. Okay. Yeah. And it's the subtitle is Don't Prepare, Just Show Up. Okay. Yeah, which if you're a sprinter kind of works really well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right, right. That's a great little book. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. Now, last question. How does someone get in contact with you if they want to know more about you or they want to find out more about your business? Right. So first thing is don't email me because zero (laughs) inbox, remember? You can, if you're a coach or a consultant and you want to kind of you know, market and sell and, and scale up better, then coachmarketingmachine.com is my blog. And every week I post you know, a really high value, short, like two to three minute training on how to scale up your coaching business. Once a week, we run a webinar on a Thursday morning. So check that out, coachmarketingmachine.com. And otherwise, you know, connect with me on Facebook or LinkedIn and stay in touch that way. Awesome. Thanks for being here, Taki. Total pleasure, man. Yeah, it was good fun. We should do it again sometime.
Sounds good. We definitely will. When you decide to take your business to the next level through good quality business coaching and actionable online strategies, head over to ProductiveInsights.com and book a free 30-minute consultation with me. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today? 